And welcome back to the Back Row Eagle Show. It has been, it's been a minute, and I apologize. Um, been busy, honestly, and there's not much talking to talk about right now. So it is what it is. Uh, we'll just talk on one piece of news: Brandon Brooks out with a torn Achilles, huge blow. But the good thing is, and it's his other Achilles, by the way. Um, the good thing is the Eagles and the way that they run things, they're good enough, and we have enough time before the season starts to get somebody in here. Do they move Diller inside? Maybe bring back Jason Peters? I don't know, but I'll tell you what. We could ask um, second-time guest. I get to talk to him every week on the Dynasty Rewind. Brought Porkman in to talk with me today. What's going on, Porkman? Uh, chilling, chilling. Just, you know, <laughs> I was excited when you asked me to be on here again. So. You knew I was going to. Come on. I know. I was, was waiting <laughs> So what we're going to talk about today is um, we're going to talk about who's the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. Because like I said, there's not much going on. Hopefully we have a season. I hate to even say that. Because then we got to figure out what to do with this podcast, what to do with Dynasty Rewind. Um, I have some thoughts on that. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. That's right. Um, But I think they're going to figure out what to do with offensive line. Right now I know Jack Driscoll is going to be the guy that's slated to – come in and start, but I don't think they hand it over to a rookie. It didn't work well, out when Samala was a rookie, so I don't think they give it to Driscoll right away. I think they do something. Well, I heard a lot of people talk about Matt Pryor going in there, too. So that's an option, which is fine because he's been part of the system. He knows the offense. And also, as an option, we could obviously bring back Peters and put him at guard because, obviously, at tackle, I don't really see it. He's a liability at tackle. Yeah, he's admittedly. A well, well, not necessarily. He's only a liability for false starts. Yeah, because when he does get off the jump pretty well, he's he was okay. They weren't like running around him. He didn't look old, old. But it's just those false starts were just killing us. Going yeah. from first and ten, first and fifteen, we didn't even start the drive yet. We we're already five yards back. It's killing yeah. us. But but that's kind of been his thing for as long as I can remember. To be honest with you. Yeah, but you know they was willing to overlook it because he's yeah. probably top five best tackle, arguably of all time. I don't know. I don't think they do. I think if they were going to, they would have done it by now. I guess that option's always still out there. He might be the most logical fit. Maybe you bring him back, swing Dillard inside. Yeah, no, I don't know. I I don't. I really don't want to take Dillard out of his comfort zone. I feel as though once we. When we moved over to right tackle, he was just getting used and abused. I'd rather just put and leave him at left tackle where he's comfortable. He can learn that there. And maybe even we still have Mylotta still on the roster. We do. Maybe he's very raw yet. Yeah. Extremely raw. Very strong, though. But footwork is a problem. So maybe you just slide Matt Pryor in or Driscoll and, and just see what happens. Uh, I know there's also some free agents that's available, but I'm not too sure if we're going to go that way because they're not cheap. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe a guy, a veteran towards the beginning of the season that just wants to play so he could, you know, he doesn't have a job. Now he could prove it for another team. He knows it's a one-year deal. Maybe a guy like that. Um, But we're not going to talk too much about the offensive line. Um, What we are going to talk about today, there's been a debate. Quarterback's always a very contested topic in the city of Philadelphia for whatever reason. They always hate the guy that's starting. They always want the backup. Um, I already talked about the Foles versus Wentz debate. In my first episode, I think it was, it's a stupid debate. It's dead. It's not Nick Foles because he's not here. If it was Nick Foles, he'd be here. It's that easy. Um, Super Bowl MVP, the team did the right thing, in my opinion. Um, So what we could do is we're going to talk about this a little bit. Then we'll see. We'll talk about as well uh, what we think the current state of the Eagles quarterback situation is. How's that sound, Porkman? No problem. That's cool. All right. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go through a list of starting quarterbacks. I'm not going to read everybody off of here because um, the list is long. We've had a lot of starting quarterbacks. The franchise has also been around since 1933. So in that time, we're going to have a lot of starting quarterbacks. Our first ever starting quarterback looks like it was a guy by the name of Red Kirkman. Um he started eight games that year. Dick Thornton started one. Then the next year, Rick Kirkman again. Uh, we talked about Stumpy Thomason in 1935 before the pod. Uh, we had guys like Jim Leonard, Glenn Fry. You know, then uh, you might, you guys might have heard of Davy O'Brien. I believe there's a collegiate award named after him. Correct? Yes, there is. There yeah. Is. So, um, of the year award. yeah, he was uh, quarterback of the Eagles for two years. Um, 
Tommy Thompson, this is a guy who's going to be important who we're going to talk about later. So Tommy Thompson was a starting quarterback um, for the Eagles when they won the 1948-1949 championship, the NFL championship. There wasn't a Super Bowl at the time. Um, and to all the people that discredit the NFL championship because the Super Bowl wasn't around, you're an idiot. It happened. It counts. Um, so Tommy Thompson is a guy who is important in Philadelphia Eagles history. I would like to point out that um, the Eagles were in three championship games, 47-48-49. They won 48-49. I believe they were the only team to ever win back-to-back championship games by a shutout as well. Uh, moving on from Tommy Thompson in 1950, also another note, 1950 was kind of the uprise of the uh, then, I believe, expansion Cleveland Browns. They were relatively young. Um, so 1949, Eagles came into the season with a lot of swagger. They did get clocked in the opening game against the Browns. Uh, Jim Brown, the running back there in Cleveland. Then we go to guys like Adrian Burke, Bobby Thomason. Adrian Burke again, Bobby Thomason again. So they're kind of all over the place in the 50s. Uh, not much success, just kind of like a middle-of-the-pack team. Then in 58, Buckshaw becomes the head coach. Norm Van Brocklin is the quarterback for each of the three years. He plays all 12 games in three seasons. They did win the NFL championship in 1960, which was their last championship until Super Bowl 52. Way too long. Uh, that was played at Franklin Field the day after Christmas in 1960. And would like to let everybody know that was Vince Lombardi's only playoff loss ever in his career. So that's pretty impressive. Yes, sir. Then one of the biggest blunders in Philadelphia Eagles history, Buckshaw retires. Um, Norm Van Brocklin retires, so they move it over to Sonny Jurgensen, who they completely bungled that entire situation. Sonny Jurgensen is in the Hall of Fame for a reason. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of the 1960s for the Washington Redskins. He was a starter for two and a half years. It looks like they flipped him around. I don't remember exactly how it went. But then they traded him to Washington for Norm Snead. Norm Snead did finish out the 1960s as the Eagles quarterback with some uh, appearances by King Hill, Jack Concanon, and John Horte. Um, then it looks like, you know, the 1970s, if you ask my dad, he's going to tell you, man, growing up as an Eagles fan was rough. We had guys like Pete Liskey, John Reeves, Roman Gabriel, Mike Barilla. Yes, that's right. That Mike Barilla. Roman Gabriel again. And then in 1977, we go to one of the guys that I think is one of the greatest quarterbacks in Eagles history. That's Ron Jaworski. Everybody calls him Jaws. I love to call Ron the Polish rifle. Um, did get to meet Mr. Jaworski. I got his autograph. Extremely talkative guy, by the way. Um, in the mid-80s, we start to transition over to Randall Cunningham. And also Joe Pisarczyk started three games in 1984. You might remember him from the Miracle at the Meadowlands. All he had to do was kneel on the ball. Instead, he tried to hand it off to Larry Zonka. Herm Edwards scoops it up and scores. So we got some flip-flop back and forth. Jaws, Cunningham, another guy getting a couple starts. Matt Cavanaugh, don't know who that is. Then it was Cunningham for the rest of the 80s until the 1991 season. When everybody said that the Eagles should have won the Super Bowl, Cunningham gets hurt in the very first game. So look, look at this, man. He starts one game. The rest of the year was Jim McMahon started 11. Yes, that Jim McMahon. Jeff Kemp started two. And Brad Goble started two. Oh, yuck. So then I know they were just picking guys <laughs> up off the street. Um, the funny thing about that is, if memory serves me correctly, they probably could have traded for Brett Favre at the time. They probably could have. I don't think they I don't think they went he went into Green Bay until 92, but he was in the league. He was with the Falcons. Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of an interesting thing there that to something to think about the different direction that those franchises would have went in. That being said, uh Buddy Ryan was still the coach. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. Was he still a coach in 91? I believe he was. I believe, I believe he was. Yeah, and then it was Rich Kotite. So then after that, uh, and I know, uh, Rich Kotite, another prime example of a guy that's a better offensive coordinator than head yeah. coach. Uh, Rich so, Kotite gives me heartburn. <laughs> me too. So then in 1993, check this stat line out. Randall Cunningham started four games. Ken O'Brien started four, and Bubby Brister started eight. <laughs> and the next year, Randall starts 14, Bubby starts two. Then the next year after that, Randall Cunningham in 1995. This was Randall's last year. He retired and then came back eventually. Randall Cunningham starts four games. Rodney Pete, guy that I love. Now, I'm not going to put him in the conversation of greatest Eagles quarterback of all time because I think of him as a lion, 
Honestly, that's where he started right. his career. He started 12 games. Then the next year, Rodney Pete starts five. Ty Detmer starts 11. Ty Detmer is not going to be in the conversation because I said so. The year after that, Ty Detmer, Bobby Hoying. Sporkman, you could tell us all about those Ohio State quarterbacks later. Then Rodney Pete starts three games. I believe Bobby Hoying went to Ohio State. Yes, he did. 1998, which was thankfully Ray Rhodes' last year as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Bobby Hoying, again, Coy Detmer, five. Rodney Pete, four. Then in 1999, Super Bowl winning head coach starts the season. Doug Peterson is our quarterback. He plays nine games. McNabb plays six, and Coy Detmer plays one. So then the 2000s, I think we kind of know how that goes. We got McNabb for the most part. 2002 year when he broke his ankle, A.J. Feely starts a bunch of game after Coy Detmer breaks his arm. Then it's McNabb. McNabb, Coy Detmer starts one game in 2004. They go to the Super Bowl. Sports hernia the next year, Mike McMahon starts seven games. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only Eagles quarterback, I believe, in recent history to win a football game as a starting quarterback throwing for less than 100 yards. I think he threw for 97 yards against the Giants one year. Uh, but the defense was still really good in 2005. Then the next year, remember Jeff Garcia, if they could have tackled against the Saints in the playoffs, man. Yeah, no. Remember was... that? <sighs> it's just so many years, just a heartbreaking pain. So we go back to McNabb. McNabb plays all 16 games in 08. 2009, he only plays 14. Kevin Cobb plays two. Then in 2010, McNabb is no longer an Eagle. He's now a Redskin. Michael Vick plays 11 games. Kevin Cobb plays five. And then it's the Michael Vick show for a couple of years with a little bit of Nick Foles sprinkled in. Then 2014, Nick Foles finally gets his chance to be a full-time starter until he breaks his collarbone. Mark <laughs> Sanchez comes in and completely ruins our season. Mr. And then for whatever reason, Chip Kelly decides it's a great idea to do to trade this guy that's done nothing but go 14-4 and four as your starting quarterback. He ends up with... Sam Bradford, who starts 14 games. And then, and then Mark Sanchez again has to get his name in there and start two games. I would like to go on record and say, <clears throat> I can say this on this podcast. We don't really curse much on the Dynasty Rio, but <laughs> fuck you, Sam Bradford. I remember you lost to the Dolphins by one point the day after my wedding. Oh, the yeah, that that's never good. That being said, kids, don't get married during football season. So the next year, because we were so terrible in 2015, Howie is finally back in charge. Praise Jesus how he's back in charge. He gets us up to pick number two in Carson Wentz, who apparently is injury prone and can't start a full season, even though he has started two full seasons in his career. He plays 16 games in 2016, 16 games in 2019. 13 games he starts in 2017. You know, he tore his ACL. He plays 11 games in 2018. So that is a brief rundown of the history of the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterbacks. I think we could say interesting. Very it's kind of, so. I mean, some of these names on here, I've heard you say it, it just yeah, like said, it gives me heartburn and ingestion. It's like all this, all the stuff that you take. For like Pepto-Bismol to get rid of, that's that's why I need it for. You know, it's funny too because when, when these things are happening, like Mike McMahon starting at quarterback, Sam Bradford starting at quarterback, at the time you're watching it and you're just like, oh, God, come on. Come on. You're killing me here. But now we can look back and laugh. And you hate to look it's back on your laugh. team's history and laugh, but for as prolific as some of these guys have been playing behind the line of scrimmage, there's – Man, there's been some <laughs> real crap. Well, I mean, it's funny because it's, we we always laugh at the starting quarterbacks, but the backup quarterbacks actually helped us out a ton. They have, like yeah. Guys like AJ Philly, he has like three great games. Oh, let's trade him for a second rounder or a first rounder. I don't remember what it was. Um, I think it was a second to Miami. To Miami, but hey, you know what? He was playing out of his mind. He deserved a shot. He didn't do anything with it. I think your next point is Kevin Cobb to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. They got Antonio Rogers Camardi out of it, who looked like he was. Or I'm sorry, Dominique, Dominique Rogers Camardi. Camardi yeah. Forgive me. Who looked like he was going to be a legit shutdown corner? It's almost like he wasn't interested in playing in Philadelphia because you remember he went to New York and he was he was, he was fine. Yeah, he was yeah, great. I, th I think it was Chip though. <sighs> yeah. Well, no, that was before Chip because that the Kevin oh, Cobb trade was. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, but if you remember, that was around the time. Jim Johnson had passed away. 
Um, oh, they was give, that the, the offensive line defensive coordinator? Juan Castillo was the defensive coordinator because they stupidly fired Sean McDermott. They fired Sean McDermott, who goes on to be an outstanding defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. The difference between coach. Exactly. The difference between Sean uh, McDermott in Carolina and Sean McDermott in Philadelphia is one, he was a lot younger, but I think you saw he made, he adjusted. The talent in Carolina when he's the defensive coordinator was far and away better than what we had here. Um, that was that was towards the end of Andy's tenure when he was playing GM, and the guy just can't scout defensive talent. No. You, you know what I mean? I hate to talk about Andy like that. Appreciate everything he did. And, you know, looking back on Andy Reid's tenure as the Eagles head coach, a lot of times I think of more disappointment than than success because he did – all those NFC championship games that he lost. He lost the Super Bowl. But we were always in it. Yeah, we were always there. And you can't – that's one thing. Like, I kind of look at stuff glass half full. And just to think of the years as a child, oh, the Eagles, we're in the playoffs again every year. We have a chance to win. We got spoiled. Yeah, we got spoiled with the fact – it's like we were like – we were like the Bills just not making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We make it – we, we couldn't make that step up where they couldn't make the step up to win the championship. So with Andy, that's why I love I love Andy to death because, okay, yeah, you didn't win us a Super Bowl, but you know what? You gave us great moments. It was just sometimes people, you remember the bad more than the good sometimes because yeah. it hurts so much. It does. It really does. But the thing that frustrated me about Andy and, and something that he's clearly learned from as the head coach of the chiefs, although it took him a little bit, I think he was still kind of stuck in his old ways. He always tried to be the smartest guy in the room. Like, Oh, we have a great running back in Brian Westbrook. So let's throw it to Todd Pinkston 15 times a game. <laughs> that, makes, that makes perfect sense. So, you know, a lot of people are like, you're too hard on Andy Reed. No, I'm not. You're not hard enough on Andy Reed. Mm. Kept us in it every year, but man, is it hard to th- – are we dumb to think that Andy Reid with Donovan McNabb as quarterback – we're going to talk about this, but I just want to pick your brain here for a minute. Is it hard to believe that they couldn't have won at least two Super Bowls together? Well, I mean, they, they should have definitely had the one when T.O. was here. They should have. and But we, had, just... we talked about that. They weren't a great running team in 2004. They weren't, but – No. I, but it's just – you get irritated because okay, Andy had all the talent. D Mac had all the talent. Mm-hmm. But who are the hell are we throwing the ball to? Yeah. It's like, okay, we weren't a running good running team. Okay, we'll just throw to T.O. and Chad Lewis. LJ Smith had rock for hands. Yeah. Reggie Brown was garbage. Todd Pinkston had alligator arms at and, you know, time. it's because I loved Reggie Brown too. And I thought he was gonna be okay. I thought I did too. We had Greg Lewis. I can just keep going on and on but with just Greg Lewis is like the he was yesterday's Greg Ward undrafting guy just goes out there and plays his heart out. He's never going to be your starting number one wide receiver, but it's like, listen, I'm going to throw you this little five yard out. I need you to catch it and get a first down done. I'm just tired. Oh, we had James. Uh, we had Jason Devon as well. But it's like you you keep hearing about, oh, these guys are awesome in training camp. And then when it gets to the games, <laughs> nobody's tackling you. Of course, you're, you're awesome in training. Kid. Oh, he's catching everything. He's going yeah. downfield. But then it gets to the games. Like, well, where, where the hell, where, where is it at? Like, it's, yeah. it's not there. So yeah. that year, when we 2004, we got to. Oh, this might be it. But we need, we needed more because mm-hmm. you know, obviously, DMAC couldn't do it all. And then you know, this whole throwing up thing where he says he didn't throw up, but. But I, I yeah, think he did. That's, that's later. He he did. It's a video. Yeah. <laughs> it was and then crazy. remember, two two years later in 06 against the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, he threw up on the field. And there's no denying that. No, that was like, I think Matt Bryan kicked like a team record 63-yard field goal or something to beat us. I was pissed. Yeah. It's amazing how we remember stuff like that. But I have a really hard time remembering my wedding anniversary. <laughs> I don't remember. Sometimes I ate two days before. Yeah, it's pork. <laughs> it's always pork. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, and like I said, I hate to be hard on Andy. And you know, Ray Rose is another guy. Like I loved Ray Rhodes, but his whole fiery persona got old after a while. And once Gruden wasn't there, it's you know what I mean. It's like Gruden was the he. They should have. Here's an interesting thought. 
they fire Ray Rhodes earlier and make Gruden the head coach. That would have worked out. It would have worked out. But I mean, it's like Ray he Rhodes, he Ray loves Rhodes. every player though. That's the problem with John Gruden. He would Bobby Hoying would still be the quarterback. Exactly. It's right. <laughs> nuts. But like Ray Rose was like at that time was the modern day Buddy Ryan. They love their defense, but they can give a hell crap about the offense. Yeah. And that was the reason why Randall had his issues. So I think that's one reason why they just focus. If you stay laser focused on one thing, you don't care about the other thing. You're not going to win that way. You can't, you can't do that. Obviously, you know, and I think the approach that the team is taking right now, you see that obviously they care about the offense. And I want to say that sometimes it seems like it's a little more offensive leaning, but obviously Doug Peterson's an offensive minded coach. So that's just how it's going to be, but they still make an effort to make the defense good because they realize, although I'm not, a hundred percent happy with the way that things played out in the secondary, but I'm glad that they didn't overpay for um Byron Jones. Byron Jones, thank you. I almost said Byron Maxwell for a minute, and then I just decided <laughs> yeah, we, to shut we, my we, mouth. Just because we overpaid for him, that's why. Hey, listen, how he turned it into something, though. I he mean, did. he turned it into wins. It, he did, and you know what? That was one of those things where when they fired Chip Kelly and then they renamed Harry Roseman the general manager. I remember I was talking to my dad about this, and I go. Here's Howie's chance to prove that he's a good GM. Let's mm-hmm. see what he does with it. And then it was like, bam, 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 bam. Unloaded terrible contract after terrible contract. He got rid of Kiko. He got they, rid of Maxwell. But you know what? Remember that first game that Kiko had here against the Falcons? That Yo, interception like, in the back of the end zone? I thought he was going to be all pro that year. And, and he that was sucked. an awesome catch. And then after that, I don't know. Maybe maybe he got too big for his shirt because I got tired of his Ezekiel Elliott looking uh jersey. <laughs> it's one of those things too where that previous offseason was so bad, cutting Deshaun Jackson for no reason, trading LaShawn McCoy. Boy. Chip for us to win a Super Bowl 52, Chip really effed it up how we redid that whole team and i gave him a huge hand clap for that we will I don't f- know how the hell we are going to go ahead though and thank chip and i don't know because it was his first draft so i don't know how much it was chip kelly and how much was it was Harry roseman but thank you for zach Ertz and lane johnson yes without those guys you know and let's not forget uh michael kendricks well he was a he was a andy pick but he played a pivotal role as did fletcher cox so well, you know kendricks the funny yeah, the funny thing is, like those two previous coaches that we say bad things about, Andy Reid and um Chip and Kelly. Chip Kelly, they both had big fingerprints all over our Super Bowl. Yeah. Is it is Nick Foles? Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, Andy wanted Nick Foles and the guys in the room wanted Russell Wilson. So it's one of those things too. They take Russell Wilson. Do they win a Super Bowl? Do they not? Is Andy Reid still the head coach here? Is he doing the same thing? It's just one of those things that you want to think about, those big NFL what-ifs. Yeah. But listen, we're 23 minutes in. We still haven't actually talked about our subject. So let's talk about the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. I know who you say it is, but we have to to be objective here. We have to look at everything. So Exactly. So the first person I want to talk about, and I'm just kind of going back in time here. We're going to talk about Tommy Thompson. We're going way back. Um, so his first year in the NFL was with the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1940. Okay. He played from 1940 from ni- to 1950. He did not play in 1943 and 1945. He was overseas fighting. Um, thank you for your service, Tommy Thompson. But I will say this. I don't want to say he's the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time, even though he won two championships. Okay. And the reason why is this his highest career passing per season is 1,965 yards in 1948. But I will say this in 1948, when they did not throw the ball a lot, he threw for 25 touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. That is really impressive. Cause you think about, we're going back there, Steve Van Buren, just pounding the ball all the time. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. So for him to throw for 25 touchdowns, and I'm thinking that back at that time, almost 2,000 yards is probably a lot of a lot of yards. He did have one game-winning drive, which I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that they have that stat from 1948. That's pretty impressive. 
Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll leave him in the bank here. Uh, but Tommy Thompson, to me, he's a winner. Is he the greatest of all time? I don't know. Um, we're gonna put him in one of the all-time greats because you know, two championships, fought in World War II against fascism. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, you got you got to put him in a conversation a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> we weren't born around that time, so. There is really probably no film on him just to see how he actually plays. There's got to be something, right? I would think at least from the championship games because, like, like black and white things, that'll just be terrible. Yeah, I got to try to find something then. But um, let's go to the next guy. So we're just going to keep going down in order here. So the next guy is Norm Van Brocklin. The Dutchman was his nickname. Um, now we're actually starting to get some more stats here. He was 6'1", 190. Um, he did unfortunately wow. pass away. He passed away before both of us were born. So he was born in 1926 and he passed away in 1983. He did go to Oregon. Um, he did play for the Los Angeles Rams for the majority of his career, all except for the final three years of his career, of his 12 years of his career. So nine years with the Rams, three years with the Eagles. But really, if you think about it, the Rams doesn't matter. We're talking about is he the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time? Okay. So his highest passing total as a Philadelphia Eagle, was in 1959, not 1960, the either won the championship. That was 2,617 yards, 16 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. However, the next season in 1960, the year that they did win the Super Bowl, he was 10-2 and as a starting quarterback. He only had a 53.9% completion percentage, which I kind of find odd because I would think that back then most of the stuff would be easy underneath stuff. Um, 2,471 yards, 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So we're talking, the guy threw a lot of picks. You know, looking at some of these old time guys, Tommy Thompson, the one, his final year in the, the league, he threw 11 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. A lot of these guys, man, they threw a lot of picks. So, well, I mean, back in the day, they, <laughs> there was no defensive pass defense. This, this is true. Yeah. Uh, but 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So for his career as an Eagle, Okay, he was 19, 16, and one as a starting quarterback. Okay, yeah. 7,497 yards, 55 touchdowns, and 51 interceptions. So, I'm gonna say, aside from the 1960 season, where he was 10 and two, because let's not forget his first year as an Eagle, he was two, nine, and one as a starting quarterback. Okay, so it's, that's <laughs> touchdown to interception ratio sounds like Jameis. It, it does, although Jameis's might be about even. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, just because most people are probably going to remember him as a Ram outside of Philadelphia, I'm going to say he is not in the consideration of the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. Now, I do want to say the 1960 championship season, we didn't see it. It sounded like it was pretty damn magical. Chuck Bednarik laying on Jim Taylor, saying this effing game's over when he sat on him and ran the clock out. Beating Vince Lombardi at Franklin Field. I mean, that's cool, dude. That's cool as hell. But I don't think Norm's in the conversation. Nah, I I wouldn't say he is either. Would I put him on the quote-unquote all-time Eagles list? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because he has that championship. Yeah, I would too. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm I'm just going to make some notes here. We're going to go along along the way. So just taking track of guys here. So we're going to say... Tommy Thompson in. All right. Norm is out. Okay. So let's go on to the next guy. And like I was telling Porkman before the show, I just kind of randomly, I'm not going to go through and pick everybody. Roman Gabriel's not going to be on here. Sorry. No, Bobby Brister, man. No. Norm Sneed is not (laughs) going to be on here. Those guys are not going to be on here because the reason is you can't be a great unless you do some sort of winning. Um, And those were. Bad times for the Eagles. Uh, my dad also tells me if you ever see an Eagles highlight where they are wearing the white helmet with the green wings, guaranteed they were bad that year. <laughs> so um, he thinks of the white helmet with the green wings as bad luck. So um, on to the next guy, and that would be Ron Jaworski, the Polish rifle. He was born Ronald Vincent Jaworski. Um, he's 6'2", 196. He went to Youngstown State. Uh, he was drafted again by the Rams. So these Rams quarterbacks coming over here. Hopefully we don't end up with Jared Goff one day, um, <laughs> but he did play with the Rams for three years. Really didn't do much there. He only started three games, but he was three and zero as a starter for the Rams. I will say that. So he came here in 1977, which was Dick Vermeil's second year as a head coach. He was handpicked. And then he played 
I mean, he played 10 years as an Eagles starting quarterback. You know, they went to the Super Bowl against the Raiders and they lost, unfortunately. Um, now, again, this was Wilbert Montgomery time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1985, when Vermeil was gone, was his highest passing total. That's 3,450 yards. The year that they went, I'm sorry, I lied. Their Super Bowl year, I skipped over this, 3,529 yards. Okay, 27 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Um, I did tell my uncle that I think Ron Jaworski is one of the greatest um, Eagles quarterbacks of all time, and he told me, yeah, look how many interceptions he threw. He's not wrong. So he (laughs) he threw as an Eagle, okay, he was 69, 67, and one as a starter. So Mm. nah. (laughs) But let's not forget, there was a lot of lean years in there too. Mm-hmm. But but then look at this. 79, 11 and 5, 80, 12 and 4, 81, 10 and 6. 82 was a strike year. He's playing with replacement players, 3 and 6. Then 83, 5 and 11. So he really only had a, a good run of like 3 or 4 years and in 1978 they were 9 and 7. And also uh what my dad and uncle tells me is for them to go 9 and 7 in 1978 was like when the Browns were like eight and eight <laughs> one year. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Cause we were that so bad for so year. long. Yeah. Yeah. We were freaking terrible. So he's 69, 67 and one as a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he did throw for 26,963 yards, 175 touchdowns and 151 interceptions. So when he left, the Eagles, he threw for less, or when he wasn't an Eagle, he threw for less than 2,000 yards total. So the majority of his career was um, with the Eagles. Most of his statistics are with the Eagles. He did go and back up Dan Marino in uh, Miami in 1988, and he finished his career with Kansas City in 1989. So I would say that despite the fact that Jaws didn't win a Super Bowl, his win-loss record still higher than you know winning than losing. I'm going to put him in the conversation just because the bulk of his career was with the Eagles. And I don't think them not winning a Super Bowl is his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not his fault. I'm a big, I'm a big Ron Jaworski fan based off of ESPN. That's one of the main reasons why I fell in love with sports. He should go back in the booth. He needs to be back on television. I agree. Period. Because, uh, if I see Booger one more time, I'm going to throw up. No, he's gone. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. if he pops up like on CBS somewhere, I'm just going to throw something on my television or whatever. <laughs> but Jaws, it was just it was a shame because he was in the same division as Lawrence Taylor. So he was just getting yeah. scared. And <laughs> Lawrence Taylor just loved chasing Jaws around. So I think that's one of the main reasons why he was just so nervous back there. But he has to be in the conversation. I mean, bringing us to a Super Bowl after being just god awful for like twenty five years. Yeah, they're forever. bad. And Vermeil just you know he fixed that whole team. Yeah, I believe Carmichael was there still. Carmichael was there. Uh, I think Pete Ratzlaff yeah. was there. No, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of somebody else. Pete. Uh, Keith Krepfel, I always get – he was the only player that caught a touchdown for the Eagles in the Super Bowl against the Raiders. Um, yeah, so useless just, uh, knowledge. <laughs> Yo, could Joe, you imagine getting hit by Lawrence Taylor and getting tackled on the turf at the vet? Oh, my God. It <laughs> sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah, because it was just – it was it was metal, and then underneath was, like, concrete. It was concrete. It was some random turf. It was, the, it was the turf surface, like that outdoor carpeting that you buy at Lowe's mm-hmm. or Home Depot. Like, that was – like That ended so many careers. Who, who let – I want to know who let that happen. Like, seriously, who said at some point in time, this well, is let's, fine? Let's play on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just let's go play on South Street. You know, South Street is probably more comfortable, to be honest. Yeah, it probably is. Got Ishka Bibbles and Jim Stakes out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's move on to our next guy. So we're gonna go to one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. This is this is the guy right here. Aside from my father, that made me an Eagles fan. He is the ultimate weapon, Randall Cunningham. Longest punt in Eagles history, too. Six foot four, two hundred and twelve pounds. He went to UNLV, not a quarterback factory at all so he played 
for the Eagles from 1985 to 1995. Um, in 19, where is it? I'm sorry, I'm going to rushing. Okay, in 1990, he ran for 942 yards. Crazy. Not, that's crazy. As well as in that same year, passing for 3,466 yards and 30 touchdowns with only 13 interceptions. Um, his highest career passing total as an Eagle was actually in 1988, 3,808 yards, 24 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Although honorable mention in 1998, as a member of the Minnesota Vikings, he went 13 and one as a starter, 3,704 yards, 34 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So that, that uh, year hurts so bad. The, I, I, mean, I don't care how old Gary Anderson was. I wanted to kick him in the face. I was the biggest Vikings fan in that postseason, man. Jeez. I really was. Because was Randy, Chris for, Carter, Jake want, Reed, for Robert Randall. Smith. You want Randall to win it. You know what they, I mean? They gave him so many weapons. They did. He finally had the weapons that he deserved his entire career. But I will say this. They did it. Keith Jackson. Yeah. It was great. They never really had a good running game, though. He was the running game. Right. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, who uh, Fred Barnett was there, yeah, he was Fred good. Barnett was good. Yeah. Mike Quick was there for a minute, quickly, I guess we could say. Yeah. But that again, injury ended his. They did have Chris Carter. He had Chris Carter with the Eagles. Don't forget yeah, that. But, but Chris Carter, he wasn't in the right mindset. That no, time. he wasn't. He had, he said, he had to. They buddy, buddy had to let him go so he can get his mind right. Saved his life. He did. He says that all the time. He said, "Buddy, yeah. saved my life." Yeah. It's it's just a shame just thinking about those guys. Wasn't Herschel Walker there for a little bit though, or was that after Randall? I want to say that was slightly after Randall. Let I me, know Herschel had to be there at that time. Let me look that up real quick because you know was Herschel. That, yeah, Herschel. Uh, I, I don't know. Was Ricky there too around that time? With um, I'm gonna find that out right now. So I think, I think Ricky Waters was with Herschel at one point in time. So. So Herschel played with the Eagles. See, I don't even know who to think of. Like when I think of Herschel Walker, I always think of him as an Eagle, but you could also like I kind of he's kind of like a cowboy to me. Cowboy you know what I mean? Vikings guy. Yeah, but he did play with the Eagles. So he was with Randall, 92, 93, and 94. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really do a ton. 92 he ran for 1,070 yards and he touched downs, but then it was 746 and one, 528 and five. Yeah, so was, that's when he was starting to lose it. Yeah, he was. Um, well, actually, you know what? In his career, he only has two thousand yard rushing seasons. <laughs> yeah, he was well, college. He was a very, very overhyped because he was like a straight line runner. He was like, yeah, he was like not Derrick Henry now, but like no, Derrick Henry's way more versatile. Yeah, he's way more versatile. He was like a poor man's Derrick Henry, if you can say that in a way. So, um, Ricky and Randall did have one year together. Uh, Ricky 95. was with the Eagles, 95, 96, and 97. Um, Ricky Waters is another Eagles player that gets a ton of crap, man. Oh. But look at this, okay? Here's his stat lines as an Eagles player, and he played in all 16 games every time, every year for the Eagles. So 95, 1,273 yards and 11 touchdowns. 96, when the team's starting to go downhill now, mind you. 1,411 yards and 13 touchdowns. Then in 97, 1,110 yards and seven touchdowns. And then receiving-wise, 462 catches for 434 mm. yards in 1995. Then it's 51 for 444, 48 for 440. I mean, the guy was... He produced. He, was he produced. Offense. He started every single game. And he produced. We're talking the guys putting up close, it's like close to 1,600 yards, 1,800 yards, 1,500 yards every freaking year. This is total. And yet Eagles fans hated him because of for who, for what. Right. Because we can. It's because we sucked. That's why. He didn't do enough as they would as our people would there, say. There's only so much you could do. There's yeah. only so much you could do. So uh Randall's definitely in the conversation. We're gonna get back to him, some of his other stats here. Um, I mean, just as an eagle, okay, which to me, Randall Cunningham's an eagle. 
I don't care what anybody says. Oh, no, I, he's definitely an eagle. I know what he did with the Vikings, and I really wanted them to win a Super Bowl because I think, dude, how awesome would that Vikings-Broncos Super Bowl have been? It would have been. I think they would have won the game. I think they would have, too. It would have been really close. Right. But it would have been good. Um, so as an Eagle, he was 63-43-1. Okay? Mm. 22,877 yards passing. 150 touchdowns and 105 interceptions. Now let's go down to rushing, okay? Because this is this is damn impressive too. For when it wasn't the era of the quote unquote mobile quarterback. So pay attention, Mike Vick and Lamar Jackson. Okay, just pay attention. 677 carries for 4,482 yards, 32 rushing touchdowns. Nuts. That that's just, I mean. So let's let's just put it here: forty five hundred yards on top of his passing as an eagle, which is twenty two thousand eight hundred seventy seven. So we're talking almost twenty seven thousand yards combined, and a buttload of touchdowns. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna put Randall. Yeah, he's in, and I think we always try to compare that old school quarterbacks and to new school quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Randall's the type of guy. If he had the, the same like if he had the same mindset and the and the same offensive acrimon they have in the 2020, 2019 years and they had in the early nineties, Randall Cunningham would have been an MVP. Let me let me let me propose this to you. Do you take Lamar Jackson now out of Baltimore and you put Randall Cunningham in his prime on that team? Because I, would, I think worked. I think Lamar Jackson is a Slightly better runner than Randall was, but Randall, that arm, mm-hmm. like there, and the things that Randall could do. Remember him almost when he should have been sacked, and yet he keeps his balance and throws a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone to some guy that nobody else has ever heard of, unless you're an Eagles fan. We, the things that he could do on the field and that he did to keep his team in the game was just ridiculous. It was outrageous, and it's not like they had designed runs for Randall. No, he, he made everything happen. He, he made it happen. He dropped back. There's nothing there. Let's run. Yeah. Lamar has design runs. Vic right. had design runs. Mm-hmm. So for him to get close to a thousand yards with just improvising, he would have had like fifteen hundred yards in this in this year's offense with the rule changes now. Everybody's scared to touch the quarterback. It would yep. be he would be nuts. And that arm. But, oh, that arm. But buddy, buddy gave him a huge disservice they they yeah. never they never cared about the offense they just pretty much just say here's the ball make it happen well his his whole philosophy was and randall even came out and said as much as he loved buddy ryan um go out there and make a couple big plays and the defense will finish off the game right that's a and another yeah. guy that buddy ryan better coordinator than head coach right. although I, find me one Eagles fan that says I hate Buddy Ryan though. Yeah, because everybody freaking loves Buddy because the, he gave. That's because this, it was the Philadelphia attitude. Yep, he was, was he, the defense. He was the perfect guy at the time. But Norman Brayman, bottom line, Brayman should have done more to say, "All right, listen, Buddy, you're a good organizer. You're a good leader of men. You're a fantastic defensive coordinator. We're gonna go ahead and get you." I don't know, you know, like get him. Well, no, because I would say get him like a Bill Walsh type, but that doesn't work with Randall. You got to bring in somebody that can work with a quarterback. Exactly. That's what they needed. So um, a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. And again, another no Super Bowl for the Eagles. Uh, We're going to move on before we move to the guy that most people think is the consensus one. One, I'd like to talk to you about. Robert Carl Hoying, also known as Bobby Hoying, 6'3", 221 pounds. He did play for the Eagles from 96, 97, 98. Now, listen, I want to just tell you that I was young in 96. I was 11 years old. So it's like I loved everybody that came through. I was a huge Ricky Waters fan, but he was good. I love Bobby Hoying, too. So what did Bobby Hoying do to pay me back for my unconditional love well in three years as an eagle he went three nine and one as a starting quarterback he threw for 2,534 yards with 11 touchdowns and 15 interceptions but you remember that 1997 year even though he went two three and one we kind of thought like hey this guy 
You remember that? We thought we might have something here. He did mm-hmm. two, three, and one, 1,573 yards. I think it was later in the season. I think he took over for Rodney Pete. 11 touchdowns and six picks. The next year, he's one and six as a starter. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where you hate when stuff like this happens. When a young guy comes in and just he, he grabs you by attention, you think you have something, and then gone. Gone. Exactly. And my stepdad used to make fun of me because. I'm an avid Ohio State fan, and he'd just be back there in the pocket, just patting the ball for like ten seconds. I'm like, "Yo, can you just, just, just can you just throw the ball? <laughs> yeah. Throw it to the running back. Throw it to somebody." In all fairness, I think when he was playing quarterback, there wasn't much to throw it to. To be honest with you, <laughs> that team, it. that team was bad until Donovan McNabb comes into town. I don't think he's gonna say Doug Peterson. Well, you know what? We're going to touch on Doug Peterson because the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so Donovan McNabb, I thought he was bigger. He's 6'2", 240. I thought he was like 6'4". He just always looked so freaking big because he was just – he was a bulky guy. He was thick. He was. He was really thick. Um, so another guy who people said was injury prone. And, you know, the thing is the way – it was his style of play. He got banged up. But a lot of times I thought – now, I'm not the biggest McNabb fan. People say I'm a McNabb hater. I'm not a McNabb hater. I just, maybe I just expected so much more from him. A lot of times he held onto the ball too long. Again, no one to throw to. However, you can't blame bad wide receivers for massive inaccuracy, but let's just, we'll get to that in a little bit. He is a six time Pro Bowl player, all with the Eagles. His last two years of his career, he went to the Washington Redskins and then he went to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Combined in those two years, he was six and thirteen as a starter for both the the Redskins and for the Vikings. So, yuck! But yeah. as an Eagle, where he made his bread and butter in eleven years, he was ninety two forty nine and one with thirty two thousand eight hundred seventy three passing yards, two hundred sixteen touchdowns, and a hundred interceptions. The dude never really threw a ton of interceptions, which is one thing I always appreciated about him. His best year was not his our Super Bowl year. It was actually 2008, 3,916 yards, which was the franchise's highest until Wentz broke that last year. And the thing that surprised me about Wentz breaking that record is that was the first time in almost 100 years of existence that an Eagles quarterback has thrown for over 4,000 yards. That is pathetic. I'm sorry, but we should have had somebody do it by now. <laughs> You know what I, I thought, mean? I thought that was a typo because I could have sworn McNabb hit it. But I thought I so. Not. Everyone thought that it would have been their Super Bowl year, but let's not forget, he didn't play the whole season. He sat out the second half of a lot of games because they were blowing people out. 3,875 yards in that year, 31 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Now, at that time, he was the only quarterback in NFL history to throw more than 30 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. I believe since then that record has been tied or broken or whatever. Yeah, destroyed. Exactly. But like I said, his best statistical year as far as yardage-wise was in 2008. 3,916 yards. He did throw 23 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. I still remember. Kevin Curtis getting mugged by Rod Hood in the NFC Championship game against the the Arizona Cardinals. Porkman, I see you shaking your head. You remember that because, again, in the playoffs, a massive no-call for the Philadelphia Eagles. Massive, massive, massive. In recent history, I could think of some other ones. Carson Wentz taking a bullet to the back of the head from Mm -hmm. Jadavian Clowney. The still unsigned Jadavian Clowney, I'd like to remind you. You know another one that is really recent? Miles Sanders getting decapitated on the field oh, of Buffalo. Oh man, that was egregious. How like, do you clear? How do you not see that? I want to know something, Roger Goodell. I'm, I know you're an avid listener. I want to know if player safety is what it's all about. Why are these things not getting called? Why? Because if player safety is what it's all about, this stuff gets called. Exactly. So either you don't know what you're doing, or you're a fucking hypocrite, or a combination of both. Or both. It yeah. is a combination of both. Although I do like the Uncle Roger approach to the draft this year. You could tell that dude was pounding something, man. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> he, was he was drunk. Or it was awesome. M&Ms. But he, you know what? That that kind of made him slightly likable. Yeah, but that's like saying that I like Tom Brady now that he's not a Patriot. Like, you feel dirty saying it. You know what I mean? No, but I mean, it's, hey, it, it yeah. works. <laughs> it did. It did work. Um. So a little bit more about McNabb. 
it seems like Philadelphia just always wanted to replace him for some reason. Yet the guy won a lot of football games. Again, 92-49-1 as a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. You cannot, you cannot take that away from him. He's in the consideration right now. Probably the front runner at the beginning. Let's be honest. The stats are there. He says he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, too. I don't know. Okay. That's 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 my problem. Donovan McNabb is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback? Make Donovan, your case. If you stack up the numbers to the quarterbacks that's in the Hall of Fame right now, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in. Okay. Now, granted, I'm I don't like comparing the two because they're definitely two different quarterbacks, but look at Troy Aikman's numbers, right? Troy, he has way better numbers than Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman had probably the best offensive line of all time. He has the best running back of all time. Well, not he's not the stats wise he is. Yeah. Barry Sanders the best running back of all. Barry Sanders and Jim Brown. But and his defense was crazy. Troy Aikman was accurate, yes. It's because he had 5,000 years to throw the goddamn ball. Yeah, Donovan McNabb is back there comparing it to him stats wise. No receivers, like none except for T.O. You look at he has he had Brian Westbrook. He's an awesome player. Not sure if, if he'll make the Hall of Fame, but as an Eagles fan, I think if, if he gets in, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, but um, I think he should be he should be in totally. Okay, well let's um let's bring up Trey Aikman's numbers right here. Then he told me to check the stats. I'm gonna check the stats. Um, let's see. So Troy Aikman threw for thirty-two thousand nine hundred forty-two yards, one hundred and sixty-five touchdowns, and one hundred forty-one interceptions. So let's just go back over to McNabb's three-two-nine-four-two, and yeah, his career. McNabb has more thirty-seven thousand. Uh, 276 yards. He has 234 touchdowns to uh, Troy's 165. Troy threw 141 interceptions, and McNabb only threw 117. So, you know, numbers alone, yeah. But I guess you know if when you Super think Bowls about matter, I, I they totally do get it. They do. But I mean, the 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 amount of talent that they put around Troy, it's to me. You know, not saying that it's an easy thing, but you had Dion out there playing receiver, just having True. fun. <laughs> let, he, let, he had talent like hell. Let's not forget, um, McNabb has also won more games as starting quarterback than Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman is 94 and 71. McNabb is 98, 62 and 1. So not only has he won more games, but he lost less games as well. And he has tied more games in the NFL than Troy Aikman has. <laughs> I was about to say that. that <laughs> hey, he didn't even. He didn't even know they can tie a game in the NFL. You know what? That's when I was like, get this freaking guy out of here, man. How do you <laughs> not like, know the rules of the game you're playing? I was like, what? Yeah. I'm trying to like you, McNabb. But yeah. like he always says, number five will always love you. Well, we're glad that he loves us. So listen, we're going to move on from McNabb. And I want to talk about this guy. I just want to talk about, because Eagles fans are used to heartbreak. So I just want to touch real quick on Kevin Benjamin Cobb, um, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to the throne, and then Michael Vick happened. Why is Michael Vick not in the consideration here? Porkman, we could agree he's a Falcon, right? He is. Like, a, it's tough. It's tough because <laughs> Michael Vick is all time is is awesome in my in yeah. my eyes. And you want to talk is, about he is a Falcon? You want to talk about arm talent? I mean. Vic, just for a guy that was that small to throw a ball like that was it, it was, was stupid. A, a flick of the wrist. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Cobb, another guy that I thought had some really good potential, but he played four years in Philadelphia, two years with the Cardinals. I think he tried to catch on with the Bills, possibly, and that just he got cut yeah. preseason, something like that. Um, as an Eagle, he was three and four as a starting quarterback, 2,082 yards, 11 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So um Clay Matthews really screwed that one up. Um, what are you going to do? So listen, we got two guys to talk about yet, and then we're going to make our decision. Okay. Uh, we're not also not going to put Kevin Cobb in the consideration here. So we're just going to talk about them together because I think these are two guys that their careers are always going to kind of be intertwined, whether they want it to or not. Um, 
but I got a Super Bowl champions flag on the wall because of both of them. The way I see it is this. Carson Wentz doesn't have a Super Bowl ring without Nick Foles, and Nick Foles doesn't have a Super Bowl ring without Carson Wentz. The two go hand in hand. Did Wentz play in the Super Bowl? No. But would they have been in that position to be the number one seed without him? Porkman's shaking his head. No, you can't see it right now. But he's absolutely right. There is no no. way. Let's not forget. Okay? Let us not forget. Before Patrick Mahomes was going out there and wowing things, the NFL was smitten with Carson Wentz. I understand he's tore his ACL. He fractured his back. In the last three years, Carson Wentz has played more games than both Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. These are guys that people are thinking are quote-unquote elite talents. Aaron Rodgers, I think, could have been so much more if he wasn't such a jackass. Deshaun Watson couldn't be so mu- could be so much more if his coach wasn't such a jackass. I love Deshaun Watson. That's not to put either of those guys down, except Aaron Rodgers. I don't really give a fuck about him. Um, he's just too arrogant for my liking, personally. Um, you only got one Super Bowl, dude. You have the same amount of Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer. But that being said, you know, I want Deshaun Watson to not be Houston Texan. I hate to say that, but I'd love to go see him go somewhere where I feel like the coaching staff actually appreciates him. Because if you appreciate a player like Deshaun Watson, you don't trade Deshaun or you don't trade DeAndre Hopkins for David freaking Johnson. You just don't. That is the worst trade of all time. Chip Kelly probably laughed at how bad that freaking trade was. And this is a guy that traded the franchise all-time leading rusher. So the fact of the matter is it's twofold. Wentz missed part of a, the end of a season and part of the beginning of the season with an injury. And then he got hurt in the playoffs. So therefore he's injury prone. He's really not. If you think about it. Um, and people just like to hate on the Eagles quarterbacks. I think the, McNabb got it. Foles got it when he was a starter. Wentz mm-hmm. got it. They love to hate on these guys. And I just, I, for me, I just don't understand. Cause if, if you're looking at the games, the year we won the Super Bowl when Carson was playing, my man was freaking. I, I can't even think of the word. It was just, it was like lava, just straight fire balling. Mm-hmm. Now, I love the heart that you have for scoring a touchdown when you're diving head first from these guys coming at you a thousand miles an hour. You hit your leg. And, bro, I don't care what anybody says. When when He knew he tore his ACL when he dove in that end zone and his leg broke. You know what my man does? He stays in the freaking game. You know what I like? That's Philly strong. And he threw For a Philly, touchdown after that, too. To Alshon Jeffrey. Yep. So you're telling me, as an Eagles fan, you tell me, oh, I want a guy that brings his lunch pail, like, like you know, old, old school type guy. I come come to work every day. I do my job. I go home, take care of my kids. Carson Wentz did that all season. As soon as he gets hurt, he's soft. He's, he's soft. Yeah. My man threw a touchdown on a freaking torn ACL. How was that soft? He broke his back, didn't tell nobody, and kept playing. How was that soft? They so They made him sit out. Yeah, he wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, and granted, he wasn't playing well. I totally get that. But well, you have a fractured back. You're not going to play well. You're just yeah. Not. You're not. It's like like um Stafford fractured his back. Derek Carr fractured his back. Derek Carr fractured his back, and he was on the MVP pace. Now he's they're trying to get rid of him for Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Like, bro, no, stop. Now yeah. they talking about Hurts is going to be the next era parent because Wentz is going to get hurt. You better get out of my face with that. So listen, let's roll right into that. And the reason why is I'm not going to put either Nick Foles or Carson Wentz on the list of greatest Eagles greatest all-time quarterbacks for two reasons. One, Nick Foles is Eagles career is over. And while he got hot in the playoffs, there was a lot of times where he was cold more than hot and he was really spotty with how he played. You know, he was either on fire or he was out of fire he was out of gas so his eagles career is over we're not going to put him on there i will always remember the run up to super bowl 52 i remember watching that game you're thinking man we're playing with house money whatever happens happens right Mm -hmm. and carson Wentz can't be put on the list because his eagles career is still ongoing that's like exactly that's like putting someone in the hall of fame that's still playing it doesn't make any sense so let's move on i want to talk a little bit. We're at almost an hour, which is probably my longest episode yet, but that's okay, Porkman. You know I could talk to you all night. All night. 
before we talk about who is actually the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time, I want to talk to you today about how the Eagles quarterback situation is right now. Carson Wentz is starting quarterback. They gave him an extension before last year. He's a very, very handsomely paid man, as he should be. You know what? The guy puts his life out there on the line. Um, got a beautiful family. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. He puts pictures up of um, his wife's daughter and like on their farm and stuff and all his dogs. And like, uh, he just seems like a great guy. Um, so they have Nate Sudfeld, who, whatever, is Nate Sudfeld. And they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Everyone's like, he's the replacement. Blah, 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 blah. Look, he does have some injury concerns. That is Wentz. Jalen Hurts is a completely different style of player. Jalen Hurts should have been drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I wanted to see happen to Jalen Hurts. I think he would have been perfect there. I think, this is what I think, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts to trade him. They drafted Jalen Hurts to pull a Jimmy Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett on him, and they move him out. That's what I think. Uh, there's a guy, his name is, I think, Victor Williams. He does the Philly pod. He said they drafted Jalen Hurts to replace Nate Sudfeld not Carson Wentz. I kind of see that perspective, but at the same point in time, you don't do that. You don't replace a backup quarterback with a second-round pick. So, Well, I mean, they, they kind of effed up last year, too, because they took Clay Thorson, and he was hot pile of garbage. He was. Flaming hot Cheetos garbage. Like, he was really bad. But the question I have to you is, it's like saying, do I have bare minimum car insurance or do I have better car insurance? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you got bare minimum car insurance because you're freaking cheap. You won't even move to Pennsylvania because the electric bills are too high. Too freaking high. I hate Pico. Come get, get out of here with that. Where's Pico? Pico sucks. I'm well, you move you move up here. You'll have uh, what's it called? Whoever I have, PPNL. They're fine. I, what? What is that? See, Pennsylvania, I don't even know the... Pennsylvania Power and Light. Yeah, I'm gonna just stick with my nice PSENG, Willingboro, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Uh, yep. And your property taxes that are through the roof. Hey, I love my property. My nice rancher with no steps. <laughs> no steps. We got steps <laughs> in my house, though. Hmm. But back to the current Eagles quarterback situation. What are your thoughts on it? Everyone that's listening to this podcast, no, I'm a Wentz truther. It's Wentz or bust. Yeah, I'm totally Wentz. Like, don't come at me with the whole Jalen Hurst is going to take over next year. Yep. Not gonna happen. For fantasy, take him in dynasty. Like chill with that joke. Carson is gonna do his job. They got him. They got him some weapons. Give him a couple years so they can so they can gel. I know everybody's all hype over Jalen Hurts is working out with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, why wouldn't he be? There's no real OTAs. Everything is virtual. So Carson is Carson. Just believe in him. Just don't don't give up. Because I hate for him to leave and go somewhere and win a title somewhere. And they were like, well, what could have been? Why didn't he do that here? Yeah. Guys didn't give him a freaking chance. Yep. Yeah. The worst thing to me, um, the one thing that might make me watch stop watching the NFL is if once left and then went to the Cowboys and won a Super Bowl. Jesus. That would be the that would be the worst thing ever. Well, that's not going to happen. No, I hope not. Right? They got, they're, they got, they got Dakota. Yeah, Rain Dakota. They're they're gonna lock him up though. They're gonna pay him way too much money, which is fine for me I'm as an Eagles that. fan. Yeah, uh, Dak Prescott is a great fantasy football quarterback. I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback. Exactly. To be with you. So you know, and one thing, I obviously picked the Eagles to win the division. A lot of people are saying it's a homer pick, partially, but you also have to think about this. We are the only team in the division that has the same coaching staff all all four teams have the same incumbent starting quarterback okay but we have the same coaching staff every other team has new head coach um so that means that during the the off season with the whole covid thing it's just kind of business as usual whereas joe judge um riverboat ron mike mccarthy who i think was a terrible hire for the Dallas Cowboys that they could have done better. Um, yeah, my my thoughts yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I I like it as an Eagles fan. Um, these guys all had to put their system in. You know, we have two young quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. These guys are they went from the rookie year learning one system. Now that they're learning another one in a shortened off season, that's really going to screw them up. So I think those two teams start out as clunkers. I also have the 
the Giants and the Redskins pick to finish third and fourth, respectively. Um, Dak Prescott, slightly more of a veteran than these other guys. I think he'll pick up McCarthy's system faster. And I do think McCarthy's probably smart enough some, to do some things that he thinks Dak can do well. So that's why. It's all about consistency. You know that. And I think the Eagles did enough um, that they're still going to win the division. And who knows from there. But I'll tell you what, Porkman, before we wrap it up, I got a short list of four people, man. We narrowed it down from all the guys I want to talk to you about. We, we got Tommy Thompson. Let's not forget three championship game appearances consecutively, two titles back-to-back. Got Ron Jaworski. Um, Norm Van Brocklin is not in this conversation. Like we said, spent most of his time as a Ram. Um, so we got the Polish rifle, no titles for us, although unless you want to count the NFC championship. We got Randall Cunningham, no playoff wins. Which is rough. Guy yeah. should have at least one one playoff win under his belt. He should have one. Not as an eagle. Obviously, yeah. as it elsewhere. And we got McNabb. For me, it's down to Randall and McNabb. The same here. And to yeah. me, it's like pulling out heartstrings because me personally, I want to pick Randall so bad. But it's more of like what could have been. Like, what if they would have gave him all the tools that he needed to succeed? A good offensive coordinator. Right. So it's it's just tough. I can't. That's 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 gonna be a problem for me. But I, I guess for me, I will just have to go with McNabb. I agree. My heart says Randall. My brain says McNabb. Here's why: Randall was never able to overcome the shortcomings of the offensive staff and his offensive weapons to get it done. No playoff wins. Whereas McNabb was. We remember Charles Johnson, Torrance Small, James Thrash, Todd Pinkston. I'm going to stop before we all start the vomit. Talk about these wide receivers. We remember those guys, yet he overcame it. He did what he had to do. He scrambled. Did he get hurt? Yeah. Did Randall Cunningham get hurt? Absolutely. Did Brett Favre get hurt? Eventually, yeah. These guys get hurt. They're NFL quarterbacks. They get hit by guys a lot bigger than them. So, like I said, my heart says Randall. My brain says McNabb. See, everybody, I don't hate McNabb. But the fact of the matter is, until Carson Wentz retires, we can't – maybe he ends up being the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. I don't know. He's already set the franchise record for yards in a season with nobody to throw to, and he had no wide receiver go over 500 yards. That is insane. That's Pure nice. insanity. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to crack my last beer of the night. Porkman, cheers. Thank you for coming and hanging out with me. You know you're welcome anytime. Um, you can catch Porkman and I on the Dynasty Rewind. I actually do that show every week. I mean, we actually do that show every week. So I'm sorry. I don't even know how long it's been since I did this show. Um, been busy. Got a lot of interesting stuff going on over at the Rewind. Besides, just network with all the other podcasts that are on there for all the other teams. They keep it more than occupied. Although this is the best one because, let's be real, I host it, and the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Um, plus, there's not a lot to talk about, man. Like We're, we're digging for this one, right? Yeah, we were trying to figure out something to talk about. And it's yeah. just like other than the injuries, like what 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 more can you talk about? You know, other just than, hoping for a know, season. Yeah. Other than, you know, talking about the main issue in Philly is quarterbacks. <laughs> it, just, yeah. it just seems like always been the issue, even like even on ESPN, they still talk about Nick Foles and crap. So yeah. Just get it out of your mouth, man. But um, Porkman, thank you again um, for coming and hanging out. You know, I always love talking to you. And I'll be talking to you tomorrow night. At this, We'll be talking at this time tomorrow night, too. Sure so until next time, because you'll be on again, where can everybody find you on Twitter? You can find me at FF Porkman. You find me at the Bower 85 Check out the Dynasty Rewind if you like talking about fantasy football and winning your Dynasty League. Check out this show at backrow underscore birds. Until next time, everybody, remember, no one likes us and we don't care. So thanks for hanging out.